Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Positively Cynical. We've had a couple of heavy episodes for the last few weeks, uh, so we decided to have a little bit more fun with this one. And we're actually going to be releasing this a couple of weeks after uh, this particular thing begins. But first, let's do the introductions real quick. Uh, I do actually want to introduce somebody and have him introduce himself or well, you know what I mean. Uh, have him introduce himself real quick. He's actually um, he's actually my brother and we do a podcast together. It's called the Get Geek Podcast. Woo. Say hello, my friend. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Walt and thank you for having me. Yeah, man. We're, no problem. We thought it was going to be a great conversation uh, to have you in on. Actually, I'm Jose and let's introduce our other friend here and we'll talk about what happens. Oh yeah, it's right. Question: What's up, everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's what we. That's who we all are. Um, but anyways, we we're gonna actually have a conversation that Walt will hopefully join us on, uh, on that when we eventually record that uh, about Michael Jordan and the Last Dance. We've been feeling some sports lately, and I saw that documentary recently, uh, and I really wanted to talk about it and a lot of the different context behind it, besides just the sports a- aspect of it. But today we're just gonna have fun and probably just talk sports. So. Let's get into the start of the NFL season. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about football. I just smacked something. I got so excited. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about the NFL season. uh, And we are fans of the NFL. Yes, we understand the NFL is politically terrible, blah, 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 all that stuff. But everybody's got to have a couple of escapes that might not be necessarily politically, um, I don't know, uh, perfect in every way. So we're talking to the NFL. We're going to have some fun with this. And for the the full disclosure for all of us, uh, Walt, who is your favorite NFL team? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> I, I've been a fan of this team since the 80s. I go back to the days of Kenny O'Brien, um, Wes, Wesley Walker, Freeman McNeil. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a diehard New York Jet fan. A long-suffering New York Jet fan. <laughs> I still, I still, I still haven't seen a championship in my lifetime, and I am hoping, against hope, that maybe we're we're turning the corner. But then again, I've said that multiple times in the last how many years? So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it feels like deja vu. <laughs> oh my Every god! Year. I'm, I'm willing to Every admit year that. Is the same thing. And yeah, so y'all know. Listen, even even Bill Parcells couldn't change our our fortunes. So um, there you go. <laughs> there isn't anybody that could change the Jets' fortunes. Maybe until I guess the last couple of years, right? Because we saw some changes in the personnel and the management. And in the coach, which also happens very, very often. But so I know, say, I'm, I'm a Jets fan as well. So I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about it from a Jets perspective. But I, I love football. I enjoy football. So we're going to talk about a lot of different things. What were you going to say, question? No, I was going to say that's pretty much how the Jets are. Like your quarterbacks, every three years, it's a new Jets coach. It's a new Jets quarterback. It's the same yep. until it's different. And then you'll get it right the next time until you you don't. But I, I say that as a long, well, I guess long-suffering Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. 
We're no better. Trust me. We're the Jets in purple. <laughs> Believe me. We give each other. You want to talk long suffering? Oh my a god. A lot of shit over this. We have given each other a lot of shit over our long suffering teams over the years. Yeah. Before we get to the entire conversation, though, I almost forgot, but I'm not going to forget. A quick reminder for y'all to like, rate, share, and subscribe to all of our content on all of our social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Positively Cynical. You can check us out at the hashtag Positively Cynical. You can search it anywhere and find all of our social media and all of our episodes, and definitely rate our episodes on apple podcasts that's the best way to support one of your favorite podcast crews because i say this on both podcasts actually it's kind of it's kind of jarring i guess i say it on the get geek podcast and i say it on my own podcast so we are one of your favorite podcast crews so let's get to the conversation uh long suffering vikings fan tell us what's going on you look like you're upset about something, possibly with the Vikings no, no, no. or something else right now. So no, I, full disclosure, I'm actually watching uh, a couple of games here, uh, and you know there's fantasy football implications involved as well. So already there are a couple of moves that I made that I already see have blown up in my face, <laughs> and I'm already kicking myself. What moves are those? So let's let's, um, let's start there. Why not? Uh, let's start from fed, the fantasy sports right, well, perspective. This is. Uh, week one of the NFL season mm -hmm. uh, to, to be clear. And uh, there were a couple of sleepers that I had. Um, and there were a couple of people that I wanted to get on my team. So I figured, okay, let me start picking up and dropping some people. And uh, it seems one of those people, well, a couple of people I've dropped this morning uh, and this afternoon, I've already come back to score touchdowns. And uh, the ones I picked them up for haven't. Uh, for example, Sterling Shepard just got a touchdown, mm -hmm. and he was on my bench. I figured I could do better, and I, I, I didn't, at least so far from the guy I picked up. Mm -hmm. And in another league of mine, I had Jared, Gerald Everett is tight end for the Seahawks, and I figured, oh, well, I'm smarter than that. I picked up Zach Ertz thinking, okay, there's a little something left in the tank. Been, and meanwhile... Yeah, he's been good for, for he, a good amount of years. Yeah. Um, Steady. He started doing pretty crappy last year, and uh, they essentially have a two-tight end system in Philadelphia this year. Uh, unluckily for me, I picked the wrong tight end, and the guy I dropped got a touchdown. The only thing it did today was get a touchdown, but that was more than Ertz did. So... Uh, I mean, so far, so good overall in my leagues. Um, but uh, a couple of moves already that I'm kicking myself for. I'm suffering still through our fantasy baseball season, and I'm not as much of a fantasy football fan. I just enjoy watching the sport. <laughs> if you want to get me started on fantasy baseball, full disclosure, I'm destroying all of you in our league right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the playoffs are about to begin. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, that's probably that's a conversation for some sometime when we feel like talking about baseball on this podcast, because like I said to y'all in the beginning, we will literally talk about whatever I or whoever is on the podcast feels like talking about. So that's why y'all are hearing about the NFL today. But what did, what did you feel regarding your uh, Minnesota Vikings today? Because I saw a little bit of oh, that game. Well, I saw a little bit of the highlights. I'll the say this half. much. So I had to go looking for that game because if you're in New York, you know, they give you, you know, the whole shebang as far as four games and the opening week. So, you know, you get full NFL, but they didn't put my game on. So I had to go searching for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I did that just to torture myself that much more. But uh, they were pretty much losing 
it's typical Vikings. They were losing for in a game they were supposed to win or should have won, in my opinion. They were losing for the majority for the first two and a half quarters, as always. They came back, tied the game. This is against the Bengals, mind you. The Bengals, the the deeply talented and formidable juggernaut that is Cincinnati. <laughs> the freaking Bengals. Mm-hmm. They tie up the game. I think they were down 21 to 7. They claw back. They're, they tie the game at 24. In typical Vikings fashion, the game goes to overtime. And that's when the wheels fall off. I was talking to my dad at this point in time, who essentially <laughs> it's his fault that I'm a Vikings fan to begin with. So we're basically yelling at the TV together. I like how you said it's his fault. It's his fault. It's 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 his fault that I'm a Vikings about fan. About that at all? You're just like, yeah, damn you for making me a fan it's, of this team. Well, he pretty much baked them into my head when I was a kid. Because he was a long-suffering Vikings fan. There's a whole story behind my father in Minnesota. But um, he was a long-suffering Vikings fan. He passed that tradition on to me. And now we are both long-suffering Vikings fans. But to finish the story real quick, uh, I predicted Minnesota would probably give up two 30-yard passes in order to step a field goal for the Bengals. But it was the Bengals who were playing. So what ended up happening was the Bengals shot themselves in the foot. Minnesota got the ball back. Dalvin Cook, their best player, fumbled the ball in Bengals territory. Then the Bengals were through a 30-yard pass that would set up a field goal for them to lose. So typical Vikings. I mean, lost 27-24. A game we should have won against the team we should have beaten. And, well, we are our own worst enemy. Do you but, feel that they have a lot of potential this season? Is this a 500 club? Is this a playoff club? I mean, every year with Minnesota, to me, you know, I don't know if you guys do this, but I usually look at the schedule and I kind of go down and see, okay, that's a win, that's a loss for every team or for every team that we play. And I went this every every year, more often than not, it's usually kind of around 500. I think my team is this year. I don't really think they're going to get to 500. I think that they have oh, wow. the people, but the quarterback is, I mean, Kirk Cousins, the more I see him, the more I want to strangle him. I'm sorry. He just, he needs to go. We have almost every puzzle in place. And to me, Mike Zimmer, this is your this is your last uh, chance also. He's been my favorite quarterback. Uh, sorry, my favorite coach that Minnesota's had in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of coaches in Minnesota's history in my lifetime. Um, I think he gives us the best chance to win. But, I mean, he's been there a couple of years now, and it's not happening. I think that uh, – He's on thin ice also. This is ridiculous at this point, yeah. especially after today. I'm just frustrated mm-hmm. as, a, as a Vikings fan, honestly. Well, you know how I felt about Kirk Cousins for a long time. Or Kirk Cousins you know, for a long time. We had an argument well, he beats up about on Kirk Cousins. Teams. He beats up on shitty teams. and He, gets he couldn't even beat up on a shitty team today. I know, but that, that's what, he can't even do that. That's what's so like terrible about it because he beats up on shitty teams and he usually gets <sighs> beat up like pretty badly by good teams. But this wasn't even a good showing for what he's usually good for. So that's a bad sign. He's always good on paper. And then he's halfway decent against the bad teams. And then he tries to show up for the good teams. And like Minnesota falls flat in his face. He's probably the perfect quarterback for this team. Almost, but never. (laughs) That's just Minnesota in a nutshell. All right. We come so damn close and we shoot ourselves in the foot. It's just, it's so damn frustrating. It's not very fun. It must be super. To have those expectations early in the season. What's up, Walt? Yeah. 
it also must be super frustrating that he fumbles on the 38 yard line of the of the Bengals. <laughs> literally, I told you're you, literally right there in field goal range. I told you, all you had to do is protect the ball. Mm-hmm. That's all. You, that's that's when you're in that area. Protect the damn ball. That's the only job you have. Minnesota, it's it's typical Minnesota, and it's I figured the Bengals would try to probably gift the game to Minnesota, but no, we don't we don't do that. We we're the Santa Claus of the of the NFL. We hand the game hand delivered to you guys. I saw, I told you I saw this coming from a mile away. I saw it a couple weeks ago. We said the Bengals, yeah, we should beat them, but it's Minnesota. We probably aren't. We're gonna find a way and. They went out of their way to lose, but that's just that's just what we do. And it's, it's, I, 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 oh God. I always, I always, yeah. This is this is going to be actually end up being not the lighthearted conversation that I had touted it as at the beginning. This is going to be heavy for me. Trust me, it's going to be deeply depressing anyway. Regardless, it's going to be about as heavy personally. <laughs> well, how do, I hate my team. I hate my team. That's that's this episode. On that note, how do you feel about what the Jets did today? And we we will have the conversation later about Darnold versus Wilson. I think we got to separate that from the game today. The game today. Yeah, you guys need to vent now. Yeah. It's your turn. Yeah, we'll vent for <laughs> well, a few minutes. Well, surprisingly, <laughs> I, I'm going to take a kind of a different tact. Um, and and I listen. I totally get questions, uh, frustration because we've lived that for the majority of our lives with the Jets. I mean, you know, uh, there have been times where we're wanting the Jets to lose, and sometimes they can't even get that right. You know? <laughs> so, that was so last year, basically. That right? was last year, exactly. Like we're <laughs> we're there, we're in the driver's seat for the number one pick, and what do they do? This is they the time win. That they choose to win, you know? <laughs> yeah. We don't necessarily want them to take so, a dive, but just continue to suck on the last game the way that you have all fucking season. Exactly. And they just, just continue being they want to show something <laughs> in the last game. Why? Stop that and, shit. And, but that's but that's <laughs> us as fans talking because listen, they they are professionals and you know their job is to win. So, you know, I say that in just, but you know, one of the players quite honestly, said that as a fan. Year, I agree with him, you know. I mean yeah, th- their job is to win. Their job is not to, you know, because not for nothing, their jobs are on the line also. Yeah. You know? So so you we, we got to look at, at it that way. But still, as fans, we're like, damn, can't you at least lose? You know, <laughs> I agree. Um, I mean, <laughs> one of the players last year on the Jets, I think it was an offensive lineman, made the point that, like, you wouldn't put your body on the line. And especially when you're an offensive lineman, you're, you're not yeah, thinking exactly. about putting your body on the line for 60 damn minutes a game or 30 minutes a game, however, however long you're on the field and do all that shit just to lose. So I get it. I get it. And, and, and it's listen, frustrating as a fan. Like you when said. when you go when you go and you play these type of sports and stuff and you lack lacks off, that's when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, for them to kind of take off plays just because, Hey, it's good for our organization to lose. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, that's when you're really putting yourself at risk. Right. Um, We're just hoping they'll lose. We don't want them to right, actually exactly. put themselves through <laughs> that to lose. But, you know, looking at the Jet game today, and you know, I I told my wife we're both huge Jet fans here in our household. You go to a right? game at, at least the game every season, right? Yeah. Well, this year I actually did plan a game, but then I kind of chickened out at the last second mm-hmm. because you know, um, COVID. Yeah. And you know, before before I go on, um, last year was kind of a pass for me when it came to the football games because 
it just didn't feel like a season. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I just kind of put that out there. This year, I'm actually genuinely excited because it feels like a real season. You got fans in the stands, and hopefully they're all being safe and whatnot. But, you know, this feels more like we're really back in terms of NFL, you know? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it stays there. But like I said, yeah, like I said, with the Jets, I'm actually going to take a different tack. And you know what? Maybe this is kind of the stupidity in me uh, <laughs> of being a Jet fan for so many years. But I actually I actually do have a little bit of hope that we're going in the right direction. Um, we've suffered through some really, really bad coaches. We've suffered through some even worse general managers, um, you know, and – this year, it seems like um, Joe Douglas, which is our general manager, he has a plan. And I do like the the acquisition of Robert Saleh as our coach. And we're the youngest team in the league. And so I think we got to give him a pass for that because as rookies, you're going to make dumb mistakes. That's just the way it is, right? It also takes it also takes time for a team to gel, and especially with the shortened COVID preseason that we had, and and the fact that you know um, there's different rules now and, and all that stuff, and people are you know going on the COVID list, they're quarantining, so you're not having the same type of um, cohesiveness that you would have as, with a team, right? But I take away some positive things because we were down sixteen nothing at the half. Yeah. Um, it could have been different because Zach Wilson shows poise as a rookie. Now, this is only his first game, and that could change very, very quickly. You know, we've seen it with other quarterbacks. Derek Carr, I'm looking at you. Is it David Carr or Derek Carr? I can't remember. I mixed Both. Them. Yeah, they, <laughs> at this point. So, yeah, they are so. <laughs> well, David was the Texan. You got railroaded, and Derek's the Raider. He got so shell-shocked as a quarterback from getting hit 20, 30 times a game that he never became what he could have been. And I'm not saying that he would have been a great quarterback, but, you know, there's something to that, right? Um, You know, you say that literally as Patrick Mahomes just danced his way into the end zone. And that's the difference between that quarterback <laughs> and our quarterbacks. He makes it look so easy, and they're da- and they're down. They were down fifteen well, three. Yeah, right? now they're down fifteen to nine. But I mean, okay. he just did some like ballet move practically. This is insane. It's, not to cut you off, but no, no, that's fine. This is the difference between a real quarterback and the pieces of crap that we have. I mean, Wilson can turn into something, but Cousins, there's no hope for him. There's just yeah. I at this point, and you and I, Jose, have argued about Kirk Cousins. And I've defended that bastard. Yeah. You I'm done that way anymore. <laughs> Listen, remember, Kirk Cousins was was a uh, was a free agent hope for the Jets, and I was totally against that. I was like, no, I don't want him in any way, shape, or form. He can go to Fort Florham Park and just keep on driving. <laughs> you know, that's that's the way I felt about Kirk Cousins. You know, um, so I'm. Sorry, question, but I'm kind of glad that he went to Minnesota. Not no, to I, I, I know, I understand. I, I, I figured you guys were. I mean, I. Oh, he's he's horrible. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of the signing, but I was a good sport. He's borderline. 
I would say he's an average to slightly above average quarterback. I thought that with the right pieces around him that we would be able to make something of him and this team. And I think this is year four of an experiment. And so far, nothing. We have. He's a a quarterback that kind of reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit. I'd rather have Fitzpatrick than this guy right now. That's how. And I agree too, because at least, you know, you have the Fitz magic aspect of him yeah you know? yeah the random uh, acts of like kirk, superheroism that he has every once in a while yeah yeah kirk cousins is a guy that you know uh he'll he'll look like the the next coming of tom brady with these lower tier teams and then look like mark sanchez yeah. and the butt fumble <laughs> on on those on those good teams you know like he's a deer caught in headlights when he when he matches up against a good team well you know it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the Jets and your hope for the coach, the quarterback, and the GM. Um, this seems to be a conversation that uh, Jet fans I hear from you every guys every year. every year, every three years. Yeah. This is the quarterback that's going to do it this time. This is the coach that's going to do it. You know that GM that we had? Yeah, not so much. But this guy, this is the guy. And every time <laughs> it's happened every with Sanchez, time, yeah, <laughs> it's it blows up in Darnold. our face. <laughs> It usually ends up being a West uh, West Coast college. So it's someone far away that, you know, you guys kind of see from afar. And it's like, oh, hey, they're flashes of greatness. And you pick him and he's a top three pick. And it's wonderful. He's an amazing preseason quarterback. The regular season comes and he basically becomes Kirk Cousins. Well, <laughs> we I, I think you kind of hit up hit upon a, a very interesting point because um yeah we've had a bunch of west coast type quarterbacks here we're an east coast team we, yep. we play in well it's no longer the meadowlands where we play in MetLife, but the conditions are similar there's a reason why the giants had a lot of success back in the 80s because they recognized that we're a northeast team and the things that will help is a running game, a good defense, and a quarterback that that has the arm talent to deal with the the wind yep. in in MetLife and or the Meadowlands back then. And I don't think that the Jets have ever kind of truly wrapped that around their head. Now the other thing I, I'm gonna say is and one thing that they've they've done differently here, which I've criticized them the entire time, <clears throat> excuse me, is that their management structure was always so weird. Yeah. Because in a normal team, the GM has the ability to pick his coach. But no, not for the Jets, because you know what? The Jets, they think they've they've kind of reinvented the wheel here and, and found something better. Because with them, the GM is picked by the owner. And guess what? The coach is picked by the owner. So you don't have that level of symbiosis with those two guys, which you need to create a winning environment and a winning team. Not for nothing, that Adam Gase hire, I don't know what the the hell you guys were thinking. How the hell do you hire a coach? I mean, did you guys not see what he did in Miami? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there were multiple red flags. And then they for you guys to pick out him of up. Miami, and we all yeah. Agreed. And then we for you guys to we say had that conversation, we had it before that. We were just like, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. 
Right? Yeah, but I mean, this is one of those where you it's a slow moving car crash, right? I mean, you just see that it's a bad idea. You see it happening and it, you just can't stop it. And you're trying to scream at someone before they, you know, the inevitable happens. And it, it just becomes the same old Jets well, let's, again. Let's look at some numbers for the last few head coaches. Let's start uh, very quickly. Let's go back to Bill Parcells because that was our, apparently our last oh, man. And then we got rid of him. He the, left one la- the, the one hope you guys had at a championship. And, man, even he was just like, I, I can't do it for you guys. <laughs> 10, 10, 10 nothing in Denver became 35-10 loss. In what was it the uh, the the AFC Finals right yeah yeah, yeah I think it was 98, 98? 99. yeah yep. I think it was ninety eight mm-hmm. I mean that that was that was just typical Jets and but that was really um, probably like the the nail in the coffin for Bill Parcells and whatnot because he was like you know what fuck this that over the years like, screw this you know what. I'm I'm just gonna step aside, and I'll, I'll still get a big paycheck from from Woody Johnson at the time, right? Um, but th- these Jets are hopeless. <laughs> Think about how terrible this is. Though. Think about how terrible this is, though, because Bill Parcells in two seasons had a 29 and 19 record for a 604 winning percentage, and he won he won one playoff game. He did lose that playoff game. I guess that's when he decided, you know what, I can't I can't really deal with mm-hmm. this. But that's kind of that's kind of really terrible. In, in the sense that they really gave up on him so quickly like that. And then you got Al Gro the next season, who did fairly well. They went 9-7. Oh, got one year for him, you know, right? Got rid of him after a year, right? You had Herm Edwards. He thought college was better than the Jets. Think about that. <laughs> he went to Virginia. Al Gro was just like, hey, I kind of did well with you guys. Surprise, surprise. But you know what? Virginia, that's that's a real that's a much cooler job. I mean, we drove those two out of town. <laughs> we drove them out of town. <laughs> I mean, actually, I do want to oh, mention quickly, say, we had Pete Carroll before that, and Rich Kotite. Let's not talk about oh, him either. He won four I games. Say, Rich Kotite, mm-hmm. Bruce Coslett. I mean, you can go. I mean, I mean, I was a kid when there were some of these guys you had, and it was one of those. I mean, Adam Case isn't the first coach that you guys have had where you kind of say to yourself, you want to grab somebody and shake them on the Jets organization. I, I'll tell you, they this. did that crap with Rich Kotite after he was an Eagles coach. I mean, and he was the shittiest Eagles coach. And you guys were just like, oh, no, we have the formula. We'll pick him up. He, Bruce Coslett, the same thing. Adam Gase, I mean, you guys don't want to pick him. Adam Gase was the third worst coach the Jets have ever had in terms of winning percentage. If you don't count way back in the day, Mike Holovac, who coached one game for the Jets in 1976, apparently. <laughs> uh, but after you have Algro, you have Herm Edwards, who went 39 and 41 for a 48 win percentage. This is what I want you all to observe as well. Eric Mangini was there for three seasons. He went 23 and 25 and had a 479 winning percentage. It's going down a little bit more, right? Going down a little bit. Rex Ryan was there for a few seasons. Always there for like six seasons or something like that. 46 and 50 mm-hmm. was his record. 479 winning percentage. Again, he had the most mm-hmm. playoff appearances, by the way, of uh, playoff what, games two? of any. <laughs> no, of play, playoff uh, games, I should say, of any Jets coach and the only Jets coach that had yes. a winning percentage besides Weeb Eubank. Since we Eubank in the '60s, Rex Ryan was four and two in the playoffs in six games. But again, the oh wow, percentage, four seventy nine. Mm-hmm. They were good when they made it there. They just never made it after a certain point because the general manager was so you remember that they never built that team. You, he was probably well, one of the best. You know, I have, had in recent. In recent I have years. to say, I 
I honestly, I honestly thought that if there was one guy that could have taken you guys to the championship, it was Rex. He wasn't a great. I coach. think that was the one guy. But he was a decent one. But he, but he was one. perfect. He was perfect for the Jets when they when they picked him. He was. I mean, you guys took on his personality. Mm-hmm. He was so gung ho. I thought that the nucleus you guys had. I mean, Sanchez we thought was going to be somebody, but I thought that if there was any coach that you guys would have gotten. He was the one that would have taken you there, and, and it just flipped in your face again. The the problem with Rex Ryan and that that whole era is, and and you got to remember, yeah, he was four and two, but three of those wins came in one year. That was the year that Sanchez beat um, Manning. Yep, that's right. Uh, he beat Brady, right? And he lost to Roethlisberger yeah. in in that that game. Yeah. Um, and listen, I I will I will tell you this if. There were five more minutes in that Roethlisberger game. I I suspect that the Jets would have won that game because they were doing that well. Mm-hmm. You know, now granted, you're not going to add an extra five minutes to a football game. A loss is a loss, right? The final right, exactly. I think I remember that game very very well. Mm-hmm. But Rex Rex, like question said, he was the perfect coach at the perfect time. The problem is, is that he was so focused on defense. Yeah, that he he paid no attention to the offensive side of the ball and his first year was probably his best team because after that they started shipping out all that offensive talent that yep. they had yep. and it, it got to the point where we were looking at um who was that who was that um other oh god what was his name the other quarterback that they had instead of Sanchez um I can't even remember he oh, he Lord. became the guy that they that they were looking at, you know, and and there was no talent at that point, you know. So um, Rex Ryan was a victim of his management because they started <laughs> they started, you know, kind of just really taking a hammer to that offensive side. It was all about defense, all about defense. You don't win. You can get far. With just having a defense, look at the Baltimore Ravens back back in the day, right? With Rex. With Rex, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and Brad Johnson as their quarterback. Yeah. Which, I, you know, he's – when you talk about Super Bowl quarterbacks, you really don't put Brad Johnson in there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you can get away with that maybe once in a lifetime, but you can't build a team that way. And, and that's what the Jets were trying to do. Again – misguided by management here because you know what they're like okay well yeah we've got a great defense eh, let's not pay attention to the offensive side yeah. you know by the way we have we have a brand new quarterback but look at a defensive coach your quarterback sure. uh, exactly. well, <laughs> the quarterback that you were thinking of i believe was geno smith if i'm not mistaken. yes geno oh. smith well, he geno kind of fell to you guys right because you he went from being the 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 top, what was it? The 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 number one ranked, at least on paper, quarterback in the college rankings. Mm-hmm. Then he fell out of the first round, and he kind of fell into your lap. I know that you guys were pretty reluctant to get him, but I mean, at that point in the draft, you take a flyer. You figure, what the hell, you might hit on something. And another guy, honestly, who got a raw deal. I think not that Gino could good. have turned into somebody great, but. Again, another guy that never really got a chance. A bad offensive line, bad coaching, the just Jets, questionable decision making. Yeah, the Jets are the place where you, where you, as a quarterback, go to die. 
basically. Yep. I mean, every every quarterback that we've had that's shown promise has been badly coached and never, never, never returned. You know, um, Darnold may be like the first that might might um, escape the curse but from the ashes exactly. <laughs> chess management basically got out early let's let's talk about but the we, last we're, we're destroyer of quarterbacks let's talk about the last two coaches very quickly speaking about the, the coaches and then maybe we can talk about the vikings and their coaching and 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 management history uh, all that very quickly After- you're not going to see very many differences between your coaching tree and my coaching tree yeah, they all have. They, they probably all have less than five hundred records. They probably all have shot themselves in the foot in one spectacular form or another. Go, go ahead. Yeah, just, just I'm gonna, go All ahead. right. So the the Jets after Rex Ryan had Todd Bowles, who I liked as a coach as well, but I, he had already been handed that raw deal, as we as Walt, yeah, uh, as Walt put it. So there wasn't any and, hope. For and him. he was a. T- he was a terrible coach in terms of time management. Time he management was, was not as good, was not as special. Absolutely You're right. Every, the worst right. that I've seen in a long Every time. Every Jets coach has been terrible at time management, though. That's always been a problem, I feel like. I mean, because they remember they used to talk about that with Rex Ryan all the time as well. That was the big, that was his big Achilles heel. He was a terrible time manager. Mm-hmm. He was good at most aspects of coaching the Jets when they were doing well and then the, the management fell apart. He, and didn't he, yeah, but he anything. was not as bad as Todd Bowles. Yeah. You Todd, know, Todd Bowles would take a, would take all three timeouts before the two minute, the <laughs> yes, two minute he warning. He, he was that bad, you know. So one one thing that I noticed also about Jets coaches, as you guys are talking, they never pick anybody who has been a coach before. Every coach they have chosen has been this is their first go around. There's it's a, a coordinator, yeah, because you want, yeah, because any good coach would want to come here, <laughs> or any or any or any. Or any coach that used to be good that got fired probably knows that this is where their career comes to die too. I think that's also yeah, money. I, I think, <laughs> it's a I money decision. A, yeah, I think a lot of it a lot of it also has to do with like the Jerry Jones syndrome that Woody Johnson believes that he he has been infected with because um Jerry Jerry Jones is notorious for not getting big time coaches because he wants to be the star of the team. Right? Yeah. Um Woody Johnson believes in his mind that same way. Because you know what, for him to get a big time coach here, that means that it's going to undermine the the general manager. That the, um, that and and you're not going to have that good dynamic between the two, because you know what, a big time coach is is going to look at the general manager and say, you know what, I don't like what you're doing. I don't have to report to you. I can go and take this straight up to the owner. And so there you have that weird dynamic there that you know what maybe a, a big time coach doesn't want to deal with yeah you know that was the gay situation for the past couple of years he just went and bypassed everybody so it went straight to woody and yep. you can't run a team that way i mean no. there's no way you can't you can't have the coach undermining you know the general manager and vice versa yeah and, and that that happened far too many times with the jets Gase yeah. was was very 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 guilty of that as well. This case was horrible. Um, with Todd Bowles, terrible. the one thing that I will say in his defense is when you have as shitty a team as he had, you're going to want to use all your timeouts relatively early on because there's really no hope anyway. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so maybe you want to get them into a different mindset and be like, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter how I manage this game time-wise. If these guys just do a little bit better and I just say the right thing, then maybe this will work. 
With Todd Bowles. Hey, listen, Todd, Todd's in a better place right now. So yeah. Hey, he went to Super Bowl last year. He's in a much better place. <laughs> exactly. Todd, so. Todd Bowles was four seasons with the Jets. He went 24 and 40. Remember, Rex Ryan had a 479 winning percentage. Todd Bowles has a 375 winning percentage as a Jets coach. And Adam Gase, who we won't say too, too much about, <laughs> uh, had two seasons with the Jets and he had a nine and 23 record two seasons too much for a 281 winning percent <laughs> right the worst jets coach again one of the worst jets coaches in history the worst jets coach in recent memory and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse in terms of jets coaching and now robert Saleh he was almost as bad he was almost as bad as rich kotai yeah i'm telling you man that's rich kotai was when i lost all hope for you guys i mean <laughs> When you, it was so glaringly obvious he was a god awful head coach, and Philadelphia is not that far from you guys. And then for him to finally get fired from the from the Eagles, and then who was it was oh god, um, Leon Hess who was the who was the owner at that time. I mean, mm-hmm. for him to say, hey, what a great idea, you know, the guy I've been dying to have as a coach, you know, he's now you know free because you know of circumstances up the turnpike, so he can now be the Jets coach. Man, you guys know how to pick him. I mean, again, I'm I'm talking as a Vikings fan, and I know I'm you know I'm I'm hating on you guys, but this is how I cope. All right, <laughs> this is this is this is me dealing with my pain okay. as a Vikings fan. <laughs> it works. Listen, we we we've given you the the means, so go, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you guys are it's Minnesota just in in different colors. Okay. I mean, it's you can just pinpoint when. That game just takes a turn for a worse for either one of these teams. Yeah. Gase was just uh, yeah, riding the coattails. it's funny because Minnesota. I was going to say he was just riding the coattails of that one Super Bowl that he didn't really do anything. The defense. He didn't do anything. The Peyton, did everything. Peyton Manning did it all. And he just rode his coattails right to a right to a coaching job. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened with the Jets. That's exactly what happened yeah. with the Jets. Yeah. What were you, you going to say Gase, something? Well? Gase was just. Ugh. Ugh. No, no, no. I, I was just about to say because you know it's funny. It's funny that you know as as Minnesota fans, you know you're hating because there there was a point in the '80s and the '90s where you guys were were always in the conversation. Never, yeah. never quite there, but you were always a team that you know would be counted on at least being in the playoffs, which has been and stuff semi. That's why. Well, that's why this is so much more frustrating because. Every year, we've been so close. We're always in the conversation. We're always mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And we may make it one round or two or to the NFC Championship. And, again, we just shoot ourselves in the foot. And no one's going to tell me, and you know I've mentioned this ad nauseum, Jose, when it comes to anything Minnesota playoff-related. Uh, oh, boy. Bounty gate. Yeah. You cannot you – cannot, I was going to ask you to save that because Walt is, does have to leave it a few minutes, and I wanted a few more thoughts on the Jets, and I know yeah. you can go on about Bounty Gate. So I can. So I wonder if you we'll, could we'll table that for a few Later. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. All right. Because I'm, I'm getting rolled up just thinking about it again. But, yeah, we can. No, All right. <laughs> All right. We'll table that for just a few minutes. Walt, uh, I do know you have to leave, and thank you for joining us today. I know you have to leave in a few minutes because you have some responsibilities, including recording an episode of your own podcast, yes. the CrossGen Podcast. Uh, that you do with our other members of the Get Geek podcast, AJ and Eli. So I know you have to record that. But what other yep. maybe thoughts do you have for the Jets this season um, in terms of, say, what record they're going to have? 
uh, how these young players are going to respond. Is their offensive line going to do well, which I think is going to be a big key, and that was one of the big weaknesses we saw in today's game, at least mostly in the first half, as we noted. So what are your thoughts on a couple mm-hmm. of those things uh, in terms of the Jets this, for this season? Um, I, I'm I'm thinking that the Jets were probably looking at a six and eleven season because now we have the extra one game this year. Yeah, I have to get used to that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be weird. Usually, you it's you could tick these off six and ten, eight and eight. You know, now yep. you gotta remember. Oh wait, there's an extra game. So, um, I, if they do six and ten, six and eleven, see, I was about to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Six and eleven, eight and nine is probably the ceiling for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I'll be happy with that. But I, I will, I will say this: for me, I need to see that this team is one of these teams that's consistently in it. That you know, you're seeing the effort every week because there's there's six and eleven, and that's positive, and then there's a six and eleven that's negative. You I know. Agree. Um, and so today was a good sign. What I'm looking for the type of loss yeah, that you're talking exactly. about, right? Right, exactly. Today, today is a good example of the type of loss that I can be not comfortable with, but I can kind of accept. You know, um, I, like I said, I there are some positive signs in seeing Zach Wilson. Um, he doesn't have the happy feet. Uh, he he did to continue to show poise, and he's one of these guys that has at least for one game, looks like he has a short memory. Um, there, I, I don't understand why Denzel Mims uh, was a no-show for almost the entire game up until that very last drive. Um, that's something that I, you know, I, I want to hear in the press conference. Maybe there was a disciplinary issue there or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, if they're going to be better – they need the trio of Corey Davis. They need Elijah Moore. They need Denzel Mims because that is just going to improve that team. They need to get that running game going. Yeah, especially especially with a rookie quarterback. If you can't run the game, run that ball, um, this quarterback is really, really going to take a, a beating this year. Because you know what? There's going to be no respect for that running game, and these these defenses are going to tee off on that. Um. I'm not too worried about the line, um, notwithstanding what happens with Mackay Becton this, uh, today. Uh, he was hurt with a knee injury. Yeah. But I, I think the line is, again, one of those things that they have to gel as a unit, and I don't think they've had enough time together. Um, so if they get those things going on the offensive side, there, there's, there's some hope. You know, There's still a, a, a dearth of 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 a lack of talent on that side, but they're better than they were a couple of years ago. You know, um, the defensive side needs work. I like their secondary so far, but um, their linebacking is is something that needs to be worked on because uh, they're you know Christian McCaffrey was getting into the second level with ease. Yeah, you know, it was way tonight. too easy. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was. It was basically the Christian McCaffrey show today, the first game of the season, and basically, you know, the only way that you could stop him was literally that last drive where he just fell down to stop the clock. Yeah, <laughs> no, to keep the clock going. That's true. That, that was, was the touchdown waiting to happen. That's true. 
that's that's the only that the way they could just they could have stopped Christian McCaffrey today. Um, they need to shore that up because if they're going to be competitive on any level this season, they have to be able to stop the run uh, without question. I and because you know that just stopping the run will help with the secondary and vice versa. And so Absolutely. you know mm-hmm. if one one aspect of the of the defense is working, then the defense isn't working at all. What is so what is the aspect of the team? I like the special teams though. I was gonna ask you the special teams were really, really good today. I was gonna ask you that as well, but the special teams, so I appreciate that. But what is uh I guess that could be the answer to this question, but what was the thing about the team that you were most positive about today? Special teams was was amazing today, and you know what? A, a lot of props has to go to Matt Amendola today, because <laughs> yeah, he. First of all, Matt Matt Amendola, that man is jacked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I look at him, I was like, damn, that's a kicker. That's a kicker, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, he he jumped into a <laughs> tough situation, and not for nothing, um, maybe that punter has to be worried about staying out for a couple of weeks because there was that one punt, that second punt that he had, which he dropped for 60, which was, like, eye-opening, you know? Yeah. Um, special teams was yeah. really, really good today. So, uh, you know, and that's a, that's a good thing because that's going to help both offense and defense in terms of field positioning. And field positioning is something that's really, really overlooked in the NFL, and it plays a huge part and how well a team does. So at least saying that we have a good special teams and the way they played today and the tackling that that they had was a very, very good aspect yeah. of the Jets today. I, I would give them either a B-plus or an A-minus in terms of what they did today. I agree. The Jets have never had great special teams as well, I think, as a consequence of bad coaching, bad discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to see... I think if we see a couple of things, if we see that discipline, discipline on special teams, the effort, good tackling on special teams, and obviously this is this is important for any team, is the discipline to keep penalties down. I think that there's a positive direction for the team overall. Like you said, even if they go six and eleven, it'll be a much better feeling six and eleven, and a six and eleven to build on rather than a six and eleven, and we'll go right. four and twelve or four and thirteen next season or something like that so right. yeah i agree penalties well, killed them in the first half today yes oh yeah mm-hmm. i was gonna say i have one question for you guys now as a jet fan both of you mm-hmm. were you on the get rid of sam darnold bandwagon would you have been okay with just the say the the bulls coaching staff uh just being eliminated and you bring in a new coaching staff with sam or did you want to see a full clean house? Are you guys happy with with Zach Wilson? I mean, it was pretty interesting that they put these guys up right against each other in game one. But, I mean, I don't think you guys have anything, you know, to cry about as far as, you know, missing Sam Darnold. Again, I think, you know, a lot of it was just kind of going to Christian McCaffrey. But, yeah, I'm just a little curious, you know, for all the stuff I heard about Sam Darnold over the past couple of years, you know, that he has the potential, he has a great arm, he was supposed to be this wonderful quarterback. For goodness sake, you picked him number three a couple of years ago. Would you have rather have seen a new coaching staff and they take a chance on Sam? 
or did you just want to see the whole thing go and you guys are cool with Wilson go ahead, Walt. and Salah? Go ahead, Walt. Give us your opinion. Um, I, I think Sam Darnold was done. I, I think there, there comes a point in an athlete's career that if it doesn't work in a certain place, and especially New York, New York is a tough place to play. Um, yeah. I, I don't think – I think the damage for him in New York was done. And you know what? Probably this is this is one of these scenarios where it kind of benefits both teams because Sam Darnold is probably going to be in a better place. He definitely has a better team than he ever had in his three years here in New York. So that will benefit him. And by the same token, you know, at least from the little that we've seen, Zach Wilson does seem like a guy that – could be a leader for the Jets. Um, so you know, I I was I was I was fully expecting that once um, we had that new leadership coming in here, and and just just the fact that you have new leadership, right? They don't want the the old players. So yeah. Darnold was was definitely a goner. But you know what? Even if we had kept them, I don't think he would have he would have flourished in the Jets just because he's already had those three bad years previously. And quite honestly, not really his fault. But you know what? It's clear that he was not going to be that guy for us. You know? Yeah. yeah. For a lot of these quarterbacks, it kind of seems as if it's never their fault, unfortunately. But, right. yeah, Jose, I kind of I'm a little curious what you have to say about this question. The Jets never have built a good team around any of these quarterbacks, so that's kind of the truth that they've never given any of them a good chance to flourish. Uh, the only one that had the only ones that had some decent teams were Pennington. Uh, you know, Fitz Magic had some decent teams. Uh, Geno Smith had some decent teams as well, but like a lot of the more recent quarterbacks, you could say, and definitely Sam Darnold was not put in a position to win at all. Maybe his first season. There was some hope, right? The team was probably as good as it could have been uh, or as good as it was in his tenure. I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, we've only seen one game from Zach Wilson, right? So it's really hard to say. True, but, true. Uh, yep, true. He did show that poise and that discipline that we talked about and that Walt said was really solid, not the, as much of the happy feet that we see from quarterbacks like Sam Darnold and Chad Pennington was famous for that as well. Again, a lot of the quarterbacks on the Jets have been famous for – very similar things, very similar shortcomings. And you have to think that that comes from a lot of coaching, right? Because those are things, those are things that young quarterbacks usually have to go through and without good coaching, they don't get over them ever. And that's what happened to a lot of these Jets quarterbacks, save for maybe Chad Pennington again. And uh, in terms of quarterbacks that we developed, Chad Pennington got away from the Jets uh, and did pretty well for the rest of his career. He did fairly well with the Dolphins and all that. Um, with Darnold, he has definitely the athletic ability. He's faster than he seems, right? He's, he's never really known for his running ability, but just today he showed that he can run even on short runs. He can, he can run if needed, if need be, you know, he can, uh, he can lose some, some players if he needs to, he's got a strong arm. Um, he's got a pretty accurate arm when he's not suffering from those happy feet that Walt talks about. And he can throw on the run really, really well. I think that that's actually one of his best, yeah, uh, his best attributes. He's very good at throwing on the run, and that's something that actually is a very good trait to have for any NFL quarterback. The best quarterbacks in the NFL, for the most part, except for Tom Brady, who's a freak, can throw on the run really, really well. Um, 
So I'm very, very on the fence. I thought that there was some hope for him. It's definitely true that the first three years of his career were not helping him flourish at all, but I thought with the right coach, there was some hope for him to turn around. Uh, you, you know what? One of the just I, I don't mean to cut you off, but one of one of the things that I, I didn't like about Donald is that, um, and, and you know we we can we can talk about how badly the team was constructed around him, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I noticed about him as a quarterback is that he never seemed to progress, um, and, and yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that you know. I look at when it comes to a quarterback, especially, you know, that jump from the first, second, and third year. The third year of Darnold, he was still making the same rookie mistakes right. that he did that first year. And so maybe that's a thing about him not being coached up well. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At, at some point, you expect a player to kind of make these these leaps and these 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 steps on their own and i never saw that from darnold and so you know that's another reason why i didn't think new york was the place for him anymore because you know what usually you see even even the bad quarterbacks they they kind of show a little bit of growth here i did not see that with darnold you know he was still making the same type of mistakes his last year as the first year you know yeah he had he had progress from time to time but it was never sustained that's kind of what happened right. every season. I mean, he came back from injury a couple of seasons ago and did really, really well for the second half of that season. Started off the next season fairly well and then fell off again and started turning over the ball again. And I think in closing, that's why I think it's attributable to to coaching because he would show that progress. But a good coach helps you to maintain that progress, helps you to right. solidify that progress that you've made. And when you start making those mistakes again, he has tools for you to use on the field that can help you get out of that quicksand, so to speak, that 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 athletes talk about. So mm-hmm. I am I am cautiously optimistic still because Wilson is supposed to have more potential than probably any quarterback that we've drafted over the last couple of decades, supposedly. So we'll see. And he's got some poise. So that's that's exciting to see because most of our quarterbacks have not had that poise that they've needed. Uh, let's we'll let's just hope that by midseason we're not talking same old Jets. That's all. That's all I'm hoping for. Uh, you yeah. know, because if if we are having that conversation, then something has definitely gone off the rails here. Well, sometime a, a little before midseason, they're playing the Bengals, so we get we get a little yardstick compared to the. Ooh. <laughs> to the oh, it's your turn to play the mighty Bengals, huh? October 30, Good luck. October thirty first. Formidable. Jesus Christ. It's going to be a scary Bengals, night. Bengals, the juggernaut. The juggernaut that is right. Bengals. Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl-bound Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> oh, my there you God. Go. All right, guys. Before there we continue, go. as I mentioned earlier, Walt did have to step out and take care of some personal responsibilities, as well as record yes. his own podcast, the CrossGen Podcast. You all need to check that out. That's about anything that he and the boys, AJ and Eli, want to talk about at any random moment. It's kind of like my podcast. It's just with you know Walt and the yeah. boys. Uh, it's actually more the boys that have come up with the talk it uh, with the topic. I'm just there to kind of, <laughs> you know, keep things on the rails. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> facilitate. So thank you, exactly. Oh yeah, super mucho, Walt, for joining us. Yeah, thanks on this episode. Yes, thank you guys for having me. I wish I had more time because this is a super awesome uh, t- conversation that we're having, and I hate to be the guy to to leave, but hopefully, you know. 
you guys will have me back uh, someday, and then we can continue. Hopefully, we'll do that, Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, that's exactly uh, what I was. Gonna yeah, say. we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a couple more of these sports ones uh, from time I think to that's, time. Uh, oh yeah, this is how oh, yeah. this is how we'll unwind. We'll talk about sports or like movies or video games or something like that when we've had really heavy conversations for like three or four weeks straight. Y'all, y'all out there Sounds need good. to give us some time for our mental health too. Okay, we talk about some. <laughs> Thank you, Walt. I really, really appreciate you. Thanks a lot, man. Right. Today, take it. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. So, uh, is there anything else that you want to ask me about my Jets? Because uh, we did table something a little bit earlier, and I think it's time for you to maybe like. Oh, to 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 rant. Unless you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about the rest of the NFL impact, like very yeah, we can, yeah. before we get to that. What do you? Yeah, think? I mean, I was, I mean, I figured we were going to open it up to kind of like the NFL in general. This kind of started becoming, I guess, very Jets and Viking centric. I mean, hey, it's you know, there are our show. It's whatever it is, but yeah, yeah, uh, we're going to go around. You know, it's the rest of the league. I'm, you know, at some point, you know, fairly quickly, but. Um, I guess just upon first glance, uh, of, of, of your team, based on what I saw today, um, I, I might be a little faster on the draw to say same old jets because I don't have as much invested as you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of the same things that the jets normally do in the game as far as giving up big plays uh, not being able to create some of their own big plays, um, kind of having a late spurt, but not really, but kind of falling short, right? Um, they gas, I think they that, gassed out today too. They gas out a lot. That's a problem with not with falling behind so heavily in the first half. Yeah, you guys put your you guys you guys dig such a hole for yourselves that the the hill to climb is that much greater when you finally do mount some sort of a comeback mm-hmm. right and like i was saying before it's pretty fascinating that they decided to put this game on week one old qb for the jets versus new qb for the jets and yeah a lot of it was pretty much the mccaffrey show for today um i think that you're going to learn I wouldn't say a lot more about Sam Darnold as a Panther, but I agree with you. I think that the jury was still out on him, and I'm glad that he at least was able to go to a team that could show, okay, maybe you guys weren't able to get the most out of him, but let's see what we can do with him. I mean, we got a quarterback Um, with similar and perhaps more potential and a young quarterback who had some potential and just was not flourishing with our organization. I wish him well. I do. I hope he does well. He did well today. He showed something today. You showed a little bit of progress today. Yes, it was the Chris McCaffrey show, but even in the game, they were commenting that he had a little bit less of that happy feet issue that he always had with the Jets. It's only week one, but you know, I wish him well. I hope he does well with the with the Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, even he said that he needed a fresh start. I'm, you know, at some point, you kind of do need a clean slate. The, the negativity was just palpable at this point. Mm-hmm. I think for it was just easier for both sides just to kind of. Severed ties, quit while they were ahead. Um, Thanks to fucking Adam Gates, the whole town had turned has turned on him basically. Yeah, I I just want to. I'm I'm just curious to see if we're gonna have the same conversation in three years. Like I said, every three years we're doing this again, and it's now Zach Wilson's turn the merry go round. All right, we had the same conversation with Sanchez and with uh, with Darnold and Gino. I, I mean. 
the list goes on and on. I'll pencil you in for Let's September 12th, 2024, and we'll have this conversation again. About, Done. About Zach Wilson. My calendar is marked. Not like, we'll see how it goes. It's not like we weren't going to have this conversation anyway. So we will have this conversation at some point then in our in our like epic uh, role of shit talking that we have in the preseason every year. So I'm sure we'll have that conversation. What do you think about what you saw today in the rest of the NFL? I mean, we could start with I, I know you talked a little bit about uh, good old KC and, and their boy Mahomes. I mean, he's a freak of nature. And he's always going to be a competitor in this league every season, as long as KC continues to build at least a, a, a good team around him. It doesn't even have to be great. He makes up for a lot of that. But that's, again, that's, that's, that's right the now, mark. To be, to be fair. Well, see, that's, that, that's the mark of a, of a team that's really good and a team that's lucky. Because when you can identify a really good quarterback, especially on his, well, at the time was his rookie contract, then you can build so much faster and so much easier around that because you're not paying the quarterback yet. Granted, Mahomes got half billion dollars from the Chiefs. I, I mean, the Chiefs. I mean, ungodly sum of money. The Chiefs probably felt like they had to do that, and I, in this case, I think I would have to agree. Well, if you think about it, that that actually might be a bargain, considering what they what he's already accomplished. And what he probably will in the future. And given that other quarterbacks after him that probably aren't as good, Mm -hmm. the going rate will probably be on average what he's already making. That was probably if you when you look back on it in a few years, this was probably you got him for cheap. Scary to say. And you and you're giving him, yeah, essentially the GDP of some small countries in order to play football. Maybe considering inflation. So, excuse me, considering inflation, that's how you can say that you got him for relatively cheap because there'll be players who are getting half a billion dollars a season by the time perhaps he's coming out of the league and that contract is up. Oh yeah, Who the fuck knows. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's still way too early as far as saying all oh, this team is going to do this and that team is going to do whatever. But I guess as far as predictions, um. It's interesting. There are a few teams that I thought that uh, at least in week one would be dominating that aren't. The Packers apparently are losing uh, to the Saints. And this is uh, a Drew Breesless Saints, no less. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he has an axe to grind. But hey, as a Vikings fan, all the better for me. If the Packers lose, misery loves company. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. From a fantasy standpoint, I do have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and a couple of teams. So I would like for them to do well, to do well. You know, if there was a way that a game could be 35, 30, 32, let's just say, and the Packers lose, I think I'd be a very happy person. Your mind is not where your, I'll heart, take where your heart is. It seems. Well, you know, it's very, it's very interesting when you play fantasy because you, have to look at it from both ways right from your heart and from your head because from your heart you're saying well all right there's some teams i don't even want to consider because screw them i don't want to root for the enemy when it comes to my team but at the same time you're not stupid you want to win so when you see an aaron Rodgers out there 
you know, you kind of have to think twice. You can't really act on principle if you're playing fantasy. You but I do know people who, in some, you know, in some leagues, uh, they would never pick the enemy, so to speak. That's if you're a Yankee, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, they would never you know. People, I know people who would never pick Red Sox. Um, if they're Vikings fans, they would never pick anybody from the NFC North. Man, you leaving money on the table if you do shit like that. No, I, I, I am, agree. I am not that much of a fan when it comes to fantasy sports, even though I, I don't, I don't do fantasy football. You know that. I do. Fantasy yeah, football. I. Well, it's it misses you, man. I, I don't know why you uh, you decided not to do it. I'm sure it doesn't but, uh, miss me, and I definitely don't miss it. So. I'm gonna convince you. No, you. It's not over. You definitely won't. But like, uh, let's let's continue on talking about. Uh, <laughs> what were you talking about? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we were talking, I guess, about uh, a around the league, mm-hmm. uh, but also, I guess, in the context of Minnesota, to bring back a point you had mentioned before, uh, as far as Minnesota. Well, Bounty Gate. Which uh Oh it's time. I kinda what was that? It's time. Uh <laughs> I mean we can do a quick deep dive into the Vikings before uh kind of going and opening it up to the rest of the league. But uh a quick deep dive. At least my, well, I don't want it to be a very deep dive because I'm still pissed off about today's uh results, but long story short, uh funny thing, my father I mentioned before was uh, also a Vikings fan and he more or less <laughs> he I want to say he forced me to become a Vikings fan, but you know, it, it pretty much kind of rubbed off. And the funny thing about him being a Vikings fan was the main reason why he is one is because of Super Bowl four. Uh, when he first came to this country, uh, one of the first football games he saw actually uh, was Super Bowl four? He was at Super Bowl four mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Okay. Um, my uncle was a cameraman for CBS way, way, way back in the day, and he would do uh, football games. So CBS, I guess, had done the Super Bowl in 1970, and he took my dad and Minnesota, <laughs> as always, favored, but came up short. And my father felt so sorry for the team, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna root for you." And 50 years later, here we are, still waiting for a Super Bowl, still waiting for a ring, still waiting not to be frustrated with this damn team every single year. And we've come close. We've come very close when it comes to Bounty Gate. Never in my lifetime, sad to say, have I seen the Vikings in the Super Bowl. That's why for me, it's that much more frustrating when we get to the NFC Championship and we come up short. And Bounty Gate. <sighs> That's why you hate the city of New Orleans forever, I guess, right? You just fucking. You know, I, I like New Orleans until until that day. <laughs> but you cannot tell me that Bounty Gate is not a real thing. They had it out for Brett Favre. They had it out for some of the other Vikings on that team. If you look at that game, I mean, there were some plays where the, the whistle is blown. And they basically pick up Brett Favre and pile drive him into the ground. I mean, it was ridiculous. Some of the things that the saints did granted Minnesota, as usual, screwed ourselves in the foot. Too many men, 12, what was it? too many men on the field right before setting up for a field goal in order to, oh God, in order that, that would get us to a super bowl among a couple of other things, giving up 
big chunk plays. You know, we did a lot of it to ourselves, but there were many, many parts of that game where they were definitely trying to injure Brett Favre and a few of uh, the other Vikings. Ever since then, I don't want to say it's been downhill, but, I mean, we've never come relatively close. Except for almost a few years ago when unexpectedly with the Minnesota miracle, when we went on some crazy run to get to the NFC championship again against the Eagles. Yeah. You, you, In, you, you took the lead. What was it? Wasn't it? Didn't you like take the lead on a touchdown in the, like the final minutes and then literally like what, like 30 seconds later they came back and scored a touchdown to like shoot that. That's, shit right. That's typical right Minnesota. Like, that's typical Minnesota. We either win, we either were winning with enough time on the clock at the end of the game for a team to come back and beat us by one, two, or three, or we go, we go oh, some stupid play and we lose at, at the, I know, uh, at the buzzer. Um, it's a game where we should win and we're losing and we come back and we still lose like today, or it's a game where we are favored to win, should win. And we're just done for minute one. That was the forty-one nothing game against the Giants in two thousand. Like I said, I can I can I can mark off a couple of games here where I've shouted at my TV many many times because of what this team has done to me. They piss me the hell off, <laughs> but I I can't quit them. Unfortunately, it's it. <laughs> It's, I guess that's the mark of a fan, right? No matter what uh, your team does to torture you, no matter how many times you lose, you keep on going back for more. Yeah. And as frustrating as it is, one of these years we'll get it right, right? We just have to. In, in our lifetime, right? I mean, we, we can't be the Cubs of football. We just can't be. <laughs> God. I mean, that would put you at what? I hope, like, geez, like, Almost like we're not too far off, man. I mean, it, Super Bowl how, one was what 1967. When was the Cubs curse? That shit was like 90 something years, wasn't it? It's been 100 years there. It was about 100 years. Yeah, I was, I was we're, not committing to that number, but that's right. Yeah, we, well, you're at about what now? We're on the wrong side of 100. I'll, I'll say that much. <laughs> so, you know, this team isn't getting any younger, its fan base isn't getting any younger. They need to win something. Give me a Super Bowl appearance. Something. Give me some hope. Just, man, just don't make it so frustrating. Don't, get, don't, but, don't go into this hole too deep. Don't do that. No. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I'm not the only fan out there of a team that is frustrated. You're a Jet fan. I'm sure there are Jaguars fans and other teams out there that are just as frustrating and just as uh, miserable as I feel my team is. Um, so I know I'm not alone. Well, you know who's not suffering? Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not suffering. The Buccaneers did win their first game this season. It was a bit of a nail-biter, but they did win in Tom Brady-esque fashion. What are we thinking about Tom Brady trying to do that repeat again this season? But you see, again, the mark of a, of a good quarterback. Even though you're down, you're never out. And that game is back and forth, but Hell, testament to Dak Prescott, too, especially coming off of a broken leg. He kept them in the game just as much as Tom Brady did. And 
when you have two good quarterbacks, they can always keep you in the game and you always have a chance. Mm. Um, I think Brady, I didn't think he had, I want to say he had a really good chance of repeating. It is awfully hard to do. A lot of people from Tampa did come back because he wanted to play with Brady. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I think he has a halfway decent chance of repeating. I think if this uh, first game is any indication, he might be (laughs) scary to say it might be better this year than they were last year. They were just feeling, you know, there was a feeling up process last year and it was Corona. I mean, there were a couple of things that were in uh, their obstacles. They have a year under them. They've won and they all like each other. It seems they came back to play with each other and took pay cuts. They have a chance of repeating. There's some good teams, but don't count the Bucks out. They're they're a favorite, definitely. Well, Tom Brady has been in ten fucking Super Bowls, so he has about a fifty fifty chance of making the Super Bowl at least. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me put it that way. W- well, I mean that's that's the truth. He's seven for ten in the Super Bowl, right? This is why there's there's this conversation that was had on ESPN the other day by somebody who who says that Michael Jordan is longer no longer the goat. Tom Brady is the goat because he's seven and ten in the NFL. He's been to the Super Bowl half the damn time practically that he's been playing in the NFL. And that's almost impossible to do. And he's won seven of those times. So, well, you know, it's interesting when you mentioned people have always counted him out and he's always come back. That's all I got to say. Last last three or four years, he's been counted out and he's just kept winning. Well, this is a conversation that you and I always have. What, What constitutes goat status, so to speak. In this instance, and I think in most instances, it's championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in in a lot of ways, I kind of don't think that you that that really isn't the only factor. I think that I mean, look how many look how many people in all sports were pretty damn good, but just never won a championship. I mean, sure. in basketball, there are a ton of them, and a lot of them lost to Jordan, <laughs> who I would say, I guess it's a, I guess it is a conversation starter. If Jordan or Brady, just overall in terms of team sports, right? I I mean, in Amer- a way, American I kind of sports. Yeah, I, I I would say there's an argument for that. You know, for that conversation, I would argue I can make an argument for Michael Jordan for that conversation. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, but. It's not to say that Tom Brady isn't good. Maybe what I guess the one thing that last year did prove was that he had as much to do with the bucket of Buccaneers, with the the Patriots winning all of those years as Belichick did. But it's not to sell Belichick short. He's a damn good coach too. We'll see what happens. It was just a perfect marriage. The Patriots this season. What do you think? What do you think the Patriots are going to do this season? They are much improved on paper. Well, um, they were, yeah, <laughs> they, I don't want to say they couldn't have been much worse, but considering it was uh, a Brady-less season, they they definitely retooled and rebuilt for this year, I would say. Um, they have a new quarterback, that dude, Mac Jones. He seems kind of, uh, there, 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 there are a couple of flashes of, of Brady. I wouldn't say that he's a second coming, but... 
as far as he's a similar the type of quarterback is it seems that they're looking for basically they're trying to get him a, a, at least somebody who can be molded into Tom Brady is how it looks well it's interesting it's interesting like, when you have friends in high places right because they say that Belichick and, and Nick Saban are very good friends so essentially Alabama is a, now an NFL pipeline so when your good buddy Nick Saban says hey I got a quarterback that you might be interested in you can pick him at number 15. Belichick, who's never picked a quarterback in the first round. No, I'm sure it gave him a little bit of pause. And he was just kind of, I'm sure he thought about it for a little bit. And well, here we are. I mean, granted, you're, you're, you, he beat Cam on the downside of his career. But Cam didn't go down another fight. right? I mean, Cam yeah. shot himself in the foot a couple of times with the COVID protocols and kind of not really shutting up, but Cam is formidable. And kudos to Mac Jones for beating him. I think that uh, they're not going to be as good as the page uh, as the, as the Buccaneers this year. No, that's definitely, um, I don't see them going. that. Way. I would, I mean, I guess if I had to have a record, let's just say, Hmm. I would say nine and nine, and eight. Nine and eight. I would say these numbers would probably say be similar. I was going to say about five, around 500 an improvement over. Yeah. Season, but not by, yeah. well, by a decent amount, but not by that, that much. I would say 10 and seven would be their ceiling for this year. Um, and if that's the case, that's an excellent year for a first year quarterback in that system. It's it, he would be, I would be nervous if I were a jet fan. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He's better than both of our team. They're or they're better than both of our teams, apparently, according to our prediction. Still, the Patriots on on in their one of their worst seasons in years is still better than both the Vikings probably will be this year, and the Jets will probably be this year. So that that says something. I guess we'll, I would love yeah, to we'll see, see. I mean, they're what Kirk now. Cut. They're losing to the Dolphins right now. So there is. Uh, I would love to see what uh, Bill Belichick could do with Kirk Cousins. I just want to know if it's just, are we all crazy? And, you know, there's something to this guy or is he really this shitty? And he just needs to be, you know, tossed. And I'm not saying that Cousins is, he's not that bad. It's just, they're just mental errors. They're, they're, (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying not to put emotion into this as hard as this is right now. You really are. But you were from the beginning. Yeah, but he's still. I don't want him on the Jets. Walt and I said the same thing. We were like, "Fuck Kirk Cousins. We don't want him anywhere near this team." And this is why. Well, regardless of what I say, and I can vent till the sun comes up tomorrow. He's not going to go anywhere probably for the rest of the season, short of getting the virus or short of getting injured. So, I'm trying to keep a glass half full mentality, as hard as it's going to be this year. This is the uh, horse we've ridden, and let's see what happens for this year. I think, like I said before, this is a make-or-break year for a lot of people on that team. The coach, the quarterback, the general manager. This is this is put up or shut up time for that team. And if they don't get it done this year, I don't want to say tear it down, but I, you got to do something. You have to. They have to this is this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely have to respond. Um, 
Let's talk about yeah. some of the other power rank top top teams in terms of power rankings this season. It looks like the the Buffalo Bills disappointed today. Ha 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 ha! You know it's funny they were winning uh, up until I want to say what mid third quarter or so mm-hmm. um, against the Steelers, no less. And it was a low scoring game. You figure that uh, Pittsburgh really wouldn't do that. They woke up it seems in the third quarter and they just I mean they came back and won. Buffalo, I think, still is a very formidable team. I think they got uh, – I think they overachieved a little bit last year. I think that um, they got to the AFC Championship last year, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. it became something that was expected as you saw how the team was progressing over the course of last year. But um, I would not be surprised if – they take a step back. And when I say take a step back, I would say maybe second round in the playoffs, one notch short of AFC championship. Um, if you think about Buffalo, they they don't really have much to them. They have a really good quarterback or a guy who's turning into a really good quarterback uh, who can run and throw. Mm-hmm. They have one really good wide receiver who they took from Minnesota, by the way, Stephon Diggs. That's another conversation for another day. And um, they have a very mediocre running game because Josh Allen just runs the ball himself. They really, they really don't really need running backs. Yeah. But can you win that way as a team? Right. I mean, it worked for about eighteen games last year, and they fell short one game before the Super Bowl uh, to a better team. Right, you can't say that Kansas City isn't the best team in the league. They're losing now, as we speak. They're down by five, but they just got a touchdown again. Mahomes to Kelsey, because who else would it be? Well, I'll say this about about the winning without a running game. I think winning without a running game in the NFL is akin to a baseball team that hits a lot of home runs. You can do hella good in, in the regular season. But then you run into that one team in the playoffs that's hell bent and perfectly designed to, let's say, stop to your beat passing you. game. <laughs> and you don't have Basically. a running game to fall back on. That's something that can really make it impossible for any team that doesn't have at least a decent running game, and above average, at the very least. If they don't have an above average running game, you really can't win in the NFL. Um, at least I yeah, one dimensional doesn't really work I, I don't think in the NFL. Really but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. So we have the Packers. What do we think about the Packers so far this year? Well, as a Vikings fan, I hope that they have a horrible, horrible season. I know. But being impartial, practical me, on paper, they should be really good. Right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is motivated. Mm-hmm. He says this is I don't he, I don't think he's come right out and said this is his last year as a Packer, but the general thought is that it will be. So you figure he would want to go out with a bang. He's got to show the Packers what they're too, missing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know he has some of his teammates that are co-signing on that, mm-hmm. right? His is Devontae Adams. He. Pretty much not so many words said that Aaron Rodgers has a point. A lot of the offense said the same. I think Devontae Adams 
They're trying to shore him up long term, but uh, mm-hmm. he's not stupid. He's basically saying, "Hey, let's see how this year goes, and uh, then we'll have a conversation." So he 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 knows where his bread is buttered. On paper, this team should be one of the better teams in the NFC. They probably will be in the end. I'm not sure if they're winning. Like I said before, last I saw they were losing pretty badly, too. I think they were down by two touchdowns. Yeah, they weren't doing very well. But but it still seems, at least on paper early on this season, based on the, the emotion of the players on the field, that they should be. It should be really them and the Chiefs are the, the yeah. teams to beat in the NFC. Well, you can't win them all, right? But, well, the Chiefs are in the AFC, remember. But me, AFC, pardon me. They're, they're two, it would be for for the Packers. You figure for the NFC, it's the Bucks, and far as a second team, maybe the Seahawks, maybe the 49ers, maybe the Cardinals. If any one of those three can kind of get it together, uh, for the AFC, yeah, pretty much the road goes through Kansas City. I would say Kansas City, Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh. You can never count. You can never count at Pittsburgh, right? So, one of those three are those are probably the top three teams in the AFC. Pittsburgh was the best team in football for eleven weeks last year until the wheels fell off for them too. So, it's not like they can't come back and be Pittsburgh. And isn't that a thing that also kind of frustrates you about football? As a Jets fan, now that I think about it, there are just some exactly. teams that are just perennial winners, right? The the Steelers, no matter what quarterback they have, they're always in the mix. They always seem to 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 pick well when it comes to everything organizationally. They, they always hit on their mat, you know, on their coaches, their general managers, their quarterbacks, their staff. Um, the Saints, they. <laughs> they took them a while, but now they got it together. The Packers also another team, right? That always seems to know what to do to put the right pieces around the players that they have. They may not win every year, but they're always in the mix and they always come close. And Minnesota, I hate to bring it back to them again. They were so close many times, but they, they just fallen by the wayside nowadays. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are some teams out there that are just perennial winners. That's just the, that's just and, management. That's the change of culture. That's the culture around the team that can continue between owners. Even if a team has a winning attitude to begin with, yeah. You know, I was going to say actually that my my correction was that I was talking about the Rams, other than other than uh-uh. the Chiefs. But I I mean I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, <laughs> The Rams are formidable too. You can't look the, the entire NFC West. You can't sleep on. I had I was thinking about mentioning the Rams also, right, the but 49ers, I'll the just Cardinals, say the NFC West. Really, really solid. Seahawks, Rams. Yeah, they're all, all all any one of those four teams, and or the Packers and or the Cowboys. I'll put it out there too, and the Bucks. That's pretty. The, the, shit, that's those are pretty much your playoff teams, really. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Any one of those seven or eight can probably take it all. Well, the the Rams beyond the Packers are kind of the team that are ranked number five, at least in the preseason rankings. Uh, I mean, they are – are they playing currently? I think they're playing currently. Are they not, if I'm not mistaken? I think they are. I think they're on now. It sounds about right because – oh, no, they're on – 
They're playing tonight. tonight. They're playing tonight. So we'll see what happens. After and they're playing the Bears. The Bears, a team that the, they should yeah. beat. Bears are middling at best. So come on, Rams. Another team in the NFC North. Let's make it happen. We'll see. Beat the Bears. <laughs> so we'll say we'll we'll leave a little bit of, of commentary on the Rams for like when they actually have played a game. The Ravens are are up there in the power rankings. Are we are we thinking that the Ravens are going to continue to do really really well with Lamar Jackson? Well, is that the full disclosure thinking? again? Well, I have I have Lamar Jackson on a fantasy team or two, so he better do well. well he's going to play me. the Raiders tomorrow Monday night. Tomorrow night, he's yeah, gonna, Monday night, the first game of their season. So that's what we're going to yeah. do from them. Yeah, but uh, their running game has taken a huge hit. Uh, just a couple of days ago, a few running backs went down and they pretty much have uh, an old man slash uh, nursing home approach to it as far as age and uh, <laughs> and uh, physical uh, status of those that they did bring in. They brought in Devontae Freeman, Olivia Bell, Latavius Murray, all brand names more or less. You figure one of those three, they're going to pair with uh, what is it, Tyson Williams and cobble out some sort of running game. When you have Lamar Jackson, you always have a chance, right? I don't even know if you need a running game when you have Lamar Jackson, but they should be, he should be able to keep them in games. And Baltimore's defense, well, we know how they always are. So, again, the mark of a good team when you're, when you're constructed well, when you have good management. You're always in it, and I don't expect anything different from the Ravens. Well, without even their running game by committee, I don't think that they're going to be able to take it all the way, just like they weren't able to do last year. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> they still need wide receivers. That's the thing. They still have not addressed their wide receiver issues, and I think that they're very close to being a balanced team, but they still need to diversify. You know, it's it's a little bit easy to stop them when you can stack the box. They need to find a way to open it up a little bit and get some quality receivers in there to kind of open it up a little bit for the for the Ravens. But if they can get one or two guys that can catch a ball, man, they're they're very 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 scary. Interesting enough, like a lot of these teams that are in the running are with a lot of young quarterbacks. Which I mean, it's been a, a dearth of really really, or I say I should say it's been. Uh, a really solid flow of great quarterbacks flowing into some of these lucky teams, not our teams, but some of these more lucky teams <laughs> like the Browns, for instance, is another example of a team. They're ranked number seven in the NFL power rankings currently. And with Baker Mayfield, there's another quarterback that it was solid enough for them to get to the fucking playoffs. Well, uh, look, 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 I mean, look, look how long it took for the Browns to get there though. Baker was literally, I think, the 20th guy <laughs> that they tried since the Browns came back in 99. And as of now, it seems that this is the one that they hit on, but you know, you, you bring up a point as far as a talent of, you know, good talent of young quarterbacks. A lot of that is sad to say from teams that were really, really bad, right? You have to be really bad in order to be able to get the opportunity to get those really good quarterbacks. So as you mentioned not too long ago with the Jets, yeah, you, you know, I, can't, I can't blame you for wanting your team to tank. I would rather have Trevor Lawrence right now. Maybe Zach Wilson, maybe he'll turn into something. We'll see. But you have to be shitty 
in order to get quality in the NFL. And if you want high quality, well, you have to be real shitty. Well, the Browns are doing well against the Chiefs as we speak. So they are showing something. They're showing that. Oh, they're definitely holding their own. They're holding their Absolutely. own. They're showing that they have the ability to, sh- to sh- play against one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. I guess we'll see where it turns out by the end of the season. You know, talking about the Bucks and the Chiefs, number one, number two. Yeah. Uh, but they're showing something right now. So I guess we're going to see how it progresses from there. Uh, we got number eight, the 49ers, who probably just missed last season because of injuries. Right. I think that this season they're poised to come back and do pretty well. And they did well against the Lions yesterday, as they generally should have or uh, today. Excuse me. Mixing up my days. Pardon me. Uh, they did well against the Lions today, as they well should have. So what are you thinking about the 49ers? Well, this is week one, and hope always brings eternal in week one, right? Uh, the 49ers won against the Lions. The one thing I think that you have to keep in mind is their quarterback situation, right? They have Garoppolo, mm-hmm. and they have Trey Lance. And the old saying goes in the NFL, what, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none? Um, I think Trey Lance actually got a touchdown today <laughs> and Garoppolo did the rest of the work. Yeah. You figure at some point Trey Lance is going to be the starter after a game like today, that might be a little later rather than sooner. Cause it seems like Garoppolo did pretty well too. And that's the thing. Garoppolo's no slouch. I think that a lot of it, as you mentioned, is just injuries. He can't stay on the field when he was, I mean, I Garoppolo, I don't want to say he's great, but again, he seems to have these winning qualities enough that hell he got his team to a Super Bowl. Was it the year before last? Mm-hmm. Was it uh, the Fortnite and the Chiefs? And that was his first year in San Francisco. So he's got some talent. It's just he's got to stay healthy. And the 49ers, they love to run the ball. Um, against Minnesota a couple of years. Was it last year? I think it was um, when they just ran the ball down our throats and ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball at nauseum and beat us on our own game defensively. It, it they're, they're, they're a formidable team. Um, as I think all those NFC West teams are, they have a chance of making it all the way. I they mean, do. that, that, brings up the point that we I was going to make with our next team in the power rankings, which is the Seattle Seahawks, who another team who's going to go about as far as their quarterback is going to take them. Your, your boy, Russell Wilkins, yeah. uh, Black Rudy. Rudy. Black Rudy. Black Rudy. <laughs> he's, a little, oh, yeah. he's a little fella, but man, does he like show up regardless of, of his size. Um, you just hear the music playing behind him when he goes into the huddle. When he goes onto the field, you just, you just, I don't know. It just, it just seems as if the crowd just ready to slow clap for him whenever he goes out there. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great quarterback. <laughs> I definitely love uh, Russell Wilson as well. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and continues to be uh, after all these years. Um, but as noted, yeah, he's only going to go as, as the team is only going to go as far as uh, he takes them. And yeah. the thing of it is, is like they're essentially the same team as last year. There's not a lot of changes that happened there. There's a couple here not and much. there. Uh, 
but the thing of it is, even more so perhaps than as far as he takes them is as far as the rest of the division allows them to get. Because as you noted, all the other teams in the division are, are becoming a lot better than they have been in some cases in, in a very, very long time. But the 49ers are, are really good. The Rams have been good for the last few years. The Cardinals, you know, in a similar situation. So it, it really, I think, boils down to what happens in the rest of the division and how, how well they're able to establish themselves in the division before we even talk about anything approaching playoffs or getting past the juggernauts uh, in, in the division uh, or in the conference. So I guess we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. They're, they're going to beat each other up before they even get to the playoffs. So it's pretty much it's going to be the last team standing in that division. Um. I think I think all four can. I think it is possible that all four teams from a division can make it. Oh, ah, uh, the I think they can as wild cards, depending on how many wild cards there are. Mm-hmm. I think there's still two because what is it now? It's just the number one seed has the bye, and then two through seven are the ones playing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we'd be. Think three wild cards. It is mathematically, it is possible that three wild cards can be the rest of the NFC West. So, I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it'd be hard to do, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, it, even continuing on that note, though, because we're talking about how how the teams in their division have really, really started to establish themselves over the last couple of years, and indeed this year they're poised to take a big step forward. All of them. Uh, the team that that beat up on the number 10 power ranked team that I really thought actually was going to take a, a very big step forward this season, and that's the Titans. I thought the Titans yeah. were going to do really, really well this year with you know the addition of some really great wide receivers and already having Derrick Henry, who's an absolute fucking animal. A, a, a just, he's ridiculous. He's a tank. I mean, and he just has ability yeah. all over the field, <laughs> speed, you know, strength. Like the man, he's he's probably the, the to me, he's probably the best running back in the league right now. But I thought they were going to take a much bigger step forward, and man, they they really got cranked by the Cardinals uh, in the game. So yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to say about them because that was kind of my opinion. Uh, what do you think? I kind of picked them, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of picked. I, I thought they were going to surprise a lot. I, they did last year, right? I mean, they made it yeah. pretty far in, in the AFC playoffs last year. I thought that you're right; they were ready to uh, turn the next, no, turn the corner, so to speak, uh, take the next step. Again, it's only week one. Uh, we have 17 weeks to go now. I had to get used to saying that. So, it, all hope isn't lost. But I actually did think that. Tennessee was going to win today against the Cardinals as good as Kyler Murray is as good as the team that they put around the Cardinals is. I thought that you put a Derrick Henry out there. He just run rings around them and have Tannehill just not screw up. Like they've pretty much done for the past two years. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting formula. It's an obvious formula and it works. It's just, you can't stop them. That's That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. If a human being came with an engine He'd be Derrick Henry. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it because he, he touches the ball so damn often during the game too. Like he's he's just all over the fucking field on, for the offense. But, that's the one thing though. I mean, can he stand that again for another year? Yeah, workload. If you have him, I mean, at some point, right, 
summer turns to fall, those knees, they, they might not be able to hold up as much as they were the past couple of seasons. He, I'm sure he's game, but time waits for no man, especially when it comes to wear and tear on the body. And knees sometimes are the first to go, especially if you're running back. So as good as he is, is it sustainable? I mean, it's probably physically the toughest position to play on the field, right? Playing as being the running back, you're you're an absolute target for everybody on the defense, more so than anybody other than the quarterback. And there are rules surrounding what you do to the quarterback and how hard you hit him. There are no right. rules for the running back. So I agree with you. That's kind of like exactly what's going to occur today, you know, or what's going to occur with with Derrick Henry is going to be able to sustain that same workload. This this many seasons in a row. Today he had 17 carries, which again continues to be a solid uh, part of the workload, and he had three catches. So that's 20 touches. And that, that's like unHenry like though. Usually you add another 10 or so to that, another 15. Yeah. I mean they they drive him into the ground every game. Yeah. So they they do. That's a light day for him. So, but still, <laughs> even like that kind of workload week in and week out after the way that he's been running over the last couple of seasons, it's going to be tough. And maybe that's what happened today. Maybe he just needed to, maybe they're easing him into, I should say the season and trying to see what they can get from Tannehill. Uh, not him, not fucking up basically, which he well, did today. I, I think a lot of it also is at least in this game from, what I can see the Cardinals went ahead pretty quickly. So, after a while, Derrick Henry can do but so much for you when you're down by, you know, 14, 21 points. That's absolutely true. At that point, the ball goes to Tannehill. And, I mean, Tannehill ain't no Tom Brady, if you want to use him as an example. But, again, the season is young. The Titans are a good team. They have Julio Jones, for goodness sakes. He's no slouch. So they have a vertical threat. They should be better than what they had out there today. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Well, I guess we will see as the as the end of the season approaches. Uh, we got a lot of football left this season, so oh yeah, we, we will we will definitely soon see. Uh, hmm. Should we even try to make a prediction for who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to be in there? I would say what we should do. I think we should revisit this a couple of times. I think we should do an episode kind of like halfway through the season just to see if any of the things that we just said have come true <laughs> to this point. And at the end of the season, for what we're about to do with these predictions, because I think we should do some, uh, I'm a little curious to see how these hold up at the end of the year. So, yeah, let's go with predictions. I say we should do some. All right. So... Who, what, what's your prediction? I'm going to go, I'm going to ask you first. Well, all right. I guess we can break it down a couple of ways. Uh, MVP, uh, who's coming out of the AFC and NFC and eventual Super Bowl winner. And based off of all the stuff I've seen out of week one, the fast information that's readily available after one week, not even one week, Three quarters of a week of football, the first week. Uh, I would say in the NFC, until proven otherwise, you have to give it to the Buccaneers. I would say Buccaneers and hmm, 
I would have said the Packers, but considering that they're losing pretty badly right now, I might have to reconsider. I'm going to say Packers, or, sorry, Buccaneers. And as of right now, I want to say it's going to the NFC West. I'll pick one. I'll say the Rams. And the only reason I say the Rams is because I think that the 49ers and the Cardinals and the Seahawks are kind of missing one piece. I think the Rams might be the most complete team out of that division. And I think who comes out of that division could pre can be a formidable challenger to the Bucks. I think that the Bucks are pretty much the best team in the NFC. I would say the Bucks will probably come out of the NFC still. I haven't seen anything to this point that would change my mind. In the AFC, I'd say Buffalo and Kansas City. I'd say those two again. Scary enough, I think we might have a rematch. I think it might be Tampa Bay and Kansas City again. It normally isn't in the Super Bowl, but I I can't see two other teams coming out of those two divisions besides uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. I would say, yeah, Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC Championship with Kansas City, and then Tampa and KC in the finals. This time I say Kansas City wins. I would say the Chiefs win this year. You think the Chiefs will will take out Tom Brady this year? You think they'll take out the Gunslinger this year? As of right now, this is all subject to change, but as of right now, you asked me this question. Today, I will say Bucks chiefs Chiefs win. Yes. Mahomes gets his revenge. You know, what do you, but what do you think? Unfortunately, I actually kind of have to say that I agree with you everywhere except for Mahomes getting his revenge. I actually don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think I, I hate to say this. I hate to be in the Brady bandwagon, but I think that motherfucker is going to do it again because he, he 44 year old Tom Brady. Yes. I think he's going to do it. Who found the fountain of youth somehow? Because he has a more complete team. He just has a more complete team. The Chiefs have a great team, but in the end, the Buccaneers still, or yeah, excuse me, the Buccaneers still have a more complete team overall. And the the winningest quarterback in NFL history who just can't find a way to fucking lose, no matter how many times we count him out, however many seasons in in the late stage of his of late stages of his career. He's been counted out over and over and over again. This is the year that we see the decline from Tom Brady. And we we still have yet to see any of it. In fact, in many of the more recent seasons, he's gotten better. He's, he's gotten better and better statistically, which is it's scary. ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. So all that said, I still think that he can physically handle the the – I mean, I think it's relatively clear that he can physically handle the demands of the game. I think that his – football mind of any quarterback is second to none at least right now Mahomes is up there he's a, a brilliant quarterback he's got more athleticism and ability for sure I mean I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen anybody bef- like throw a relatively accurate pass while falling down for like fucking 40 yards in my entire goddamn life so this dude throws sidearm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's running around and he like flicks it. It goes twenty yards. He's throwing sidearm, looking in another direction. There is some. There is some plays he did just today alone where it's just like, you, where is this guy coming from? Right. He's just he's on another level when it comes to being a quarterback compared to the Reds. It's him 
and the rest at this point. It's and I'm not one to gush over players and quarterbacks and stuff like that. I mean, Brady, I you know, goat, whatever. I you know I never really was convinced about that for all this time, but Mahomes, it, it, you see it in front of you, right? He's just he's just on a different level than the rest of these quarterbacks. It's just crazy the things that this guy can do. And he's not, it's not even what five years into the league yet. He's doing this stuff. We year one year two. It's nuts. Yeah. He's, he is poised to be the closest thing that the NFL has to the next Tom Brady. But I don't think, I guess in reference to the, the conversation we're going to have with Jordan at some point, I don't think he's going to do to the Buccaneers what Jordan did to the Pistons. I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to displace them. I think it's like Brady's got to go, and then then uh, you'll see um, you'll see him emerge as the best quarterback in the league. You'll probably see the Chiefs win a couple of Super Bowls and become the best franchise in the league as long as they stay with a similar philosophy and stay with a similar core of players. I think that that's definitely something that's possible, but he's he's not going to get that one. He's not going to get over that hump. He's not going to get his revenge. We might have to put the Saints in this conversation because at least in week one, Jameis Winston has five touchdowns. They're losing. They're winning thirty-eight to three over the Packers. Thirty-eight is well, okay. This is this is a Drew Breesless New Orleans Saints. This is this is Jameis Winston. He of his God knows how many interceptions from a couple of years ago. This is. I, I am impressed. This is what he was supposed Let's, to be, right? <laughs> hey, he, he 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 was another first round number one overall quarterback. Should we put the these are the things he should have been doing? You're right. Should we put the Saints as a skeptical number eleven, right? Like number eleven in our power <laughs> rankings. You know the thing that sucks with the Saints is that you can never. They're another team you can never count out. They're always in the mix in these conversations, and it just sucks. I wish that yeah, I mean, you we could, both had teams destroy that the whole fucking got it together. They're still in the conversation. Like, Jesus. They're not even play- – well, yeah, they're not even play- – they're playing in Jacksonville today, right? And you're right. It doesn't even make a difference. Hell, the Jaguars can't even win in Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> and the Saints apparently make it look easy. Against the Packers. This is nuts. Against the Packers. They're against the Packers of all teams. the Packers apart. The Packers with a, a chip on his shoulder, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. When the Packers, who is supposed to be as uh, they're supposed to be as good as the Saints are right now, and it doesn't seem that way. Well, I, I it's going to be quite amusing if Aaron Rodgers went through all of this diva showboating. Oh, you don't want me? I'm going to, you know, do the heavy sigh. Oh, maybe I should go to another team. You know, forlorn poutiness, and the Packers were actually right and should have gotten his replacement a year ago so they can ship his ass out of here because maybe he might not have it this year. I guess we'll but see. to be determined, we'll see. There's still a lot of season left. You can't count Aaron Rodgers out, unfortunately. And probably at the end of this, when all is said and done, yeah, the Packers will probably be in the mix and they might come out of the NFC crap. We shall see. Yep. All right. Let's leave it off there. Let's close it out here. We had a nice long conversation about football that Walt was able to join us for the that the first half, which I do appreciate. Uh, but yeah, we we got it. We got to finish it out here because this is a long conversation about the NFL, and uh, we got some other things to chat about and do today. But uh, that said, I want to thank y'all for joining us once again on another 
random ass episode of the Positively Technical <laughs> Podcast. Boy, do we love you for that. Um, if you enjoy these random musings, then we're, we're really, 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 really appreciative of you uh, watching us talk about Afghanistan, 9-11, and then the NFL uh, just a few days later. But anyways, the best way to support this podcast crew, one of your favorite podcast crews, is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to all of our content on all of our social media platforms. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We think we're going to have to get a TikTok, as we noted on one of our more recent episodes. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll figure that one out. But you'll find us at Positively Cynical. You can hashtag Positively Cynical and find everything there is to find regarding Positively Cynical. And uh, one of the other best ways to support us is to definitely rate our content on Apple Podcasts. That boy be big. So you can help us out by rating us on Apple Podcasts. Anyways, thanks for joining us for another lovely conversation of the Positively Cynical Podcast. Thank you once again to Walt from Get Geek Podcast and CrossGen Podcast. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you all later out there. Peace, everybody. Same time next time.